What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actor George Clooney and the movie Pinocchio. First, let's talk about Clooney. Clooney became a big name after starring in the television series ER, one of the first big hospital procedurals from 1994 to 2000, along with co-star Julianne Margulies. In it, Clooney played Dr. Doug Ross. For his work on the series, Clooney was nominated for three Emmy Awards. This show was a massive rating success in a way that you don't see anymore, because nowadays we as a society don't watch the same things. Seasons three and four of ER averaged 30 million viewers an episode. Off of the success of the show, Clooney was given a leading role in Robert Rodriguez's From Dust Till Dawn, written by Quentin Tarantino, co-starring Harvey Keitel, Juliette Lewis, and Selma Hayek. And in 1997, it looked as though Clooney was making the jump to movie star as he was chosen to play Batman in Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin, replacing Val Kilmer. The movie also has Uma Thurman and Arnold Schwarzenegger. The movie is looked at as an abstract failure, and Clooney has been called the worst Batman of all time by most people. Clooney, however, bounced back in a massive way with Out of Sight, directed by Steven Soderbergh, co-starring Jennifer Lopez, and Free Kings, directed by David O. Russell, with Mark Wahlberg, Spike Jones, and Ice Cube. These two movies show that Clooney is not just a star, he's also a solid actor and a reliable leading man and these two movies are directed by incredible filmmakers and that's a pattern that Clooney would follow throughout his career working with top-notch directors. After the success of those two movies Clooney goes on one of the best modern movie star runs starring in The Perfect Storm with Mark Wahlberg, Diane Lane, and John C. Riley, which made over $328 million at the box office. Oh Brother Where Art Thou with John Turturro and Tim Blake Nelson Clooney's first big collaboration with the Coen brothers and one of his first comedic performances both came out in the year 2000 and in 2001 Clooney starred as Danny Ocean in the remake of Ocean's Eleven reteaming with Soderbergh along with Brad Pitt Matt Damon and Julia Roberts that film made over 450 million dollars at the box office this movie came out during the height of when movie stardom mattered and in the year 2005 Clooney became a major player at the Oscars, winning for Best Supporting Actor in the film Syriana and was nominated for directing and writing the film Good Night and Good Luck. Clooney's other acting Oscar nominations include 2007's Michael Clayton, an incredible film written and directed by Tony Gilroy, where Clooney plays a fixer at a law firm. This movie's most memorable moment are the final scenes between Clooney and Tilda Swinton, who went on to win Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars. In 2009 in the movie Up in the Air directed by Jason Reitman, Clooney plays a bachelor whose job it is is to fire people. This film has an incredible supporting performance given by Anna Kendrick. And in 2011's The Descendants, Clooney plays a husband who finds out his dying wife was cheating on him. And it's weird that Clooney's only acting Oscar win is for Syriana, a movie that very few people talk about. I mean, people are still talking about the movie Michael Clayton. They're still talking about the movie Up in the Air, and they're still talking about The Descendants. Clooney, to me, is a perfect example of why the Oscars don't always get it right. Yes, Clooney is definitely worthy of being an Oscar winner, but not for a movie like Syriana. I would have given him the Oscar for his performance.
performance in Ocean's Eleven. That's how good he is in that movie. Clooney is not only a major movie star, he's also a film director, and unlike many other actor-directors, Clooney usually doesn't lead the movies he directs. Instead, he takes supporting roles. His directorial efforts include 2002's Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, with Sam Rockwell playing game show producer Chuck Barris, who claimed he worked for the CIA. 2005's Good Night and Good Luck, with David Rutherin playing renowned newscaster Edward R. Murrow, and my favorite of the movies he's directed, 2012's Ides of March, where Ryan Gosling plays a campaign manager for a man played by Clooney running for president. Also in the movie are Philip Seymour Hoffman, Paul Giamatti, Evan Rachel Wood, and Marissa Tomei. It's one of the best political thrillers ever. The other movies Clooney has directed are 2008's Leatherheads, 2014's The Monuments Men, 2017's Suburbicon, 2020's The Midnight Sky, and 2021's The Tender Bar. Movies that have some good qualities, but are massively flawed or in some cases really bad. I think his earlier work as a director is way better than his later work. Like, I really enjoyed Good Night and Good Luck. It's one of the best modern day black and white movies and like I just said, Ides of March is one of my all time favorite films. He did recently direct the Hulu miniseries Catch 22 starring Christopher Abbott. I really did like that miniseries. It's one of the more underrated miniseries in recent years. I think overall Clooney is a very good director but he's nowhere near those other great actor directors like Clint Eastwood or Ben Affleck. Like he's not on their level he is capable of making a really good movie, but he hasn't in over a decade. My favorite George Clooney performance is in Ocean's Eleven. He's never been better playing the lovable criminal Danny Ocean, who is trying to get his wife played by Julia Roberts back. It's one of the best movie star performances I've ever seen, and I absolutely love his chemistry with Brad Pitt. To be the biggest movie star in a movie filled with movie stars is almost impossible to be, and Clooney pulls it off. It's the coolest performance any actor has ever given on screen. Clooney's most underrated performance is in the Coen Brothers directed film Hail Caesar where he plays an actor Baird Whitlock who gets kidnapped by a group of communist screenwriters. This is one of the best comedic performances of Clooney's career. I love everything about this movie. The other performances from Josh Brolin, Alden Enreich, and Ray Fiennes. One of the best recurring Clooney things is that he loves to play a lovable dimwit. He's done so in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Burn After Reading, and The Men Who Stare at Goats. I love that version of George Clooney. It might be over the top, but he's really good at playing those kind of characters. Upcoming projects for Clooney include the highly anticipated romantic comedy Ticket to Paradise with Julia Roberts and Caitlin Deaver. A lot has been made about this movie. It's been recently read that this is Julia Roberts' return to romantic comedies. Her and Clooney, of course, were a romantic couple in the Oceans trilogy. I can't wait to see this movie. I have my doubts about this movie because not every romantic comedy works and George Clooney has never really starred in a romantic comedy that was successful. He will also star in the next film directed by Spider-Man No Way Home director John Watts where he will
will reteam with Brad Pitt. I'm happy about George Clooney working again with Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt because it reminds me of the height of his celebrity when he was working with those people a lot. I love his work with Julia Roberts. I love his work with Brad Pitt. And Clooney is also directing the film The Boys in the Boat with Calum Turner and Joel Edgerton. It's interesting because it feels like Clooney is at the twilight of his career as a celebrity, yet he's still doing a lot of work. I mean, Tickets to Paradise could either be a hit or a huge miss, and that movie he's directing, that could go either way. I'm curious to see if George Clooney has one more great performance in him, because I have seen him do some really great acting work, and I would love for him to reteam with another great director. I want to see him work with Steven Soderbergh again. He was almost in the movie No Sudden Move, but had to drop out and got replaced by Matt Damon. That was a great role. If you saw Matt Damon in that movie, he was amazing in such a small part. I would have loved to see George Clooney in it. Here's a list of noteworthy performances given from George Clooney. From Dust Till Dawn, Out of Sight, Free Kings, The Perfect Storm, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Ocean's Eleven, Good Night and Good Luck, Michael Clayton, Burn After Reading, Up in the Air, Ides of March, The Descendants, and Hail Caesar. That's an outstanding list of films, and just to see how consistent George Clooney was, I mean, he really bounced back from the failure that was Batman and Robin. I just don't think there's a movie star right now who is as consistent as George Clooney was. We might never see that great of a run from a movie star ever again. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Pinocchio. Here's a quick synopsis. Geppetto, a woodcarver, makes a wish that his puppet Pinocchio becomes a real boy and Pinocchio magically comes to life. The film stars Tom Hanks, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Cynthia Erivo, Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, Keegan-Michael Key, and Luke Evans. Standout performances. If you're surprised Tom Hanks would appear in this movie as Geppetto, you shouldn't be. He has a long history with Disney. His first hit film, Splash, was produced by Touchstone Pictures, which was owned by Disney at the time. He's, of course, the voice of Woody in the Toy Story films, and the man even played Walt Disney himself in Saving Mr. Banks. Some have called this performance in Pinocchio Hanks' worst performance. It's not. He's given absolutely nothing to do in this movie. He acted with more real-life people in the movie Castaway. There are two performances I did really like in this movie. Cynthia Erivo as the Blue Fairy. More of her could have saved this movie. And Keegan-Michael Key, who voiced the character of Honest John. He brought the right energy for a movie like this. Those two felt like they weren't just going through the motions. Erivo will be starring in the film adaptation of Wicked with Ariana Grande and Michael Key in the animated films Wendell and Wilde in the upcoming Mario film. And he has a role in Wonka with Timothy Chalamet. This version of Pinocchio is directed by Robert Zemeckis, who is a legendary filmmaker. He directed the Back to the Future trilogy, Forrest Gump, where he won Best Director at the Oscars for that film, Contact, Castaway. He's a great filmmaker, but his recent films have not been very good, and sadly, that continues with Pinocchio. My big problem with his recent work is the look of these movies are not good. His adaptation of the Polar Express came out when I was a kid, and when I watched it, I thought, this movie looks terrible, and with Pinocchio, I had that thought tenfold. The movie is a computer 
computer-generated mess. And this is from the man who directed Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which had the best mix of real people and animated characters ever. His last good movie was Flight, starring Denzel Washington, because it's a movie with real people and real emotions. Pinocchio, ironically, a movie about a puppet that wants to be alive, is lifeless. I love the earlier Zemeckis films and hope this director comes back from this disaster. It's gone to the point where I want to watch movies with zero CGI because these movies with so much CGI look terrible. And in recent years, there's been a lot of talk about how these Disney live-action adaptations of their animated classics have been awful. And for the most part, I fought against that. I loved John Favreau's Jungle Book and thought his Lion King movie was fine. Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland is full of style and is fun. David Lowry's Pete's Dragon is better than the original. Bill Condon's Beauty and the Beast and Guy Ritchie's Aladdin are both average films. Pinocchio is far and away the worst of the Disney live-action movies. It has me wondering, who did they make this movie for? I knew this was trouble when I heard that it was just coming to Disney+. Plus. If this movie were any good, it would have been released in movie theaters. Because kid movies are some of the only movies that are still thriving at the box office. If this movie were any good, it would make a boatload of money. But it wasn't made for kids. I don't understand why Robert Zemeckis, the guy who directed Contact, would want anything to do with this adaptation of a timeless classic. After I watched Pinocchio, I re-watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I came to this conclusion. The reason that that movie works is because when Bob Hoskins, who is a real person, is talking to an animated talking rabbit, it feels like he's really talking to an animated talking rabbit. That is not the case with Pinocchio. When Tom Hanks is talking to Pinocchio, or when Pinocchio is talking to any real-life person, it feels ridiculous. It's crazy to think that Zemeckis could pull it off in the 80s, but can't pull it off in 2022? What does that say about movies right now? Like, it kind of gives me a bad feeling of where we are as moviegoers. This guy could pull it off in 1980s. That movie is a perfect film. Pinocchio is barely watchable. And I understand how some of the themes of the movie correlate with what's going on today. Like, there's a part of the movie where Pinocchio wants to be famous, and I get how that connects to today's world, but the look of the movie is just so distracting. The number one thing a movie should be is a good-looking movie. Then you can focus on the plot, you can focus on the themes, you can focus on the narrative. If your movie is not good to look at, it's going to be impossible to focus on those other aspects of it. I know a lot of people are harping on the fact that they just tried to make the exact same Pinocchio, but what I'm saying is they couldn't even pull that off. This isn't even as good as the original film because of the look of the movie, because of Tom Hanks not being able to act with any real-life human beings. I don't understand why you do a live-action Pinocchio. To call it live-action is kind of even laughable. There's only one real human being in it, and it's Tom Hanks. Yes, they're the kids that play Island, seeing them interact with Pinocchio, I just felt bad for anyone involved with this movie. And if you, like many, were hoping that this would be the end of the Disney live-action films, I've got some bad news for you. There's more on the way. You have The Little Mermaid from director Rob Marshall, Snow White from Mark Webb, 
Peter Pan from David Lowry, Hercules from Guy Ritchie, and a new Lion King movie from Barry Jenkins. This isn't going to end until these movies stop making money or are popular, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. What's troubling about these movies, they at the moment are not bringing anything new to these stories. I hope the ones in the future feel fresh, but I have serious doubts, and I'm sick of really bad-looking CGI. And I just gave you a super impressive list of filmmakers who are making these Disney live-action adaptations, but what we're seeing is even a great director can fail with these adaptations. I mean, Robert Zemeckis is one of the top 10 filmmakers of his generation, and he couldn't pull off Pinocchio. So yeah, I have high hopes for Rob Marshall. I like his movies. David Lowry is one of my favorite filmmakers. I really hope his Peter Pan movie is great. I would love to like Jude Law as Captain Hook. But how can I think that these movies are going to work when I just saw Pinocchio? And that's the sad thing about watching something like Pinocchio. It has you lose your faith in the future of these adaptations. I also think these movies are a case-by-case basis. They will never fully be consistent because some of these movies weren't even that great to start out with. Like, they don't deserve to be redone. I don't think we needed a Pinocchio movie in 2022. I have no idea what Barry Jenkins is doing with the Lion King Mufasa movie. I have high hopes. I like John Favreau's The Lion King. I hope that movie works out, but that's all I can do. I can hope these movies work, but surely some of them probably won't. Like, Hercules is one of my favorite movies growing up. I love Guy Ritchie as a filmmaker. That sounds like a fun combination, but that movie just might not work in today's world. The one I'm the most hopeful about is Snow White. Like, I think Rachel Zegler is a future movie star. I like Mark Webb. I liked his amazing Spider-Man movie. That's the one I feel the most hopeful about. And I also think that Gal Gadot could really pull it off as the evil queen. And the one I'm the most worried about is David Lowry's Peter Pan. I love David Lowry. He has made some of my favorite movies. But Peter Pan has failed a lot of times. And a lot of great filmmakers have tried to make a good Peter Pan movie. Joe Wright included, who is one of the best filmmakers. I mean, I just can't see Peter Pan really working out. I hope I'm wrong about that. Again, I would love the Peter Pan movie to work out. I think David Lowry did a great job with Peach Dragon. But Peter Pan is a tricky adaptation. If anyone can pull it off, it's going to be David Lowry. And I'll be rooting for him hard. Overall, it's tough to find anything to enjoy from this adaptation of Pinocchio. It's not fun enough for kids to enjoy and it's not good enough for adults to get through. It's worth noting that Guillermo del Toro is adapting Pinocchio with Ewan McGregor, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, and Kate Blanchett. His version, however, will be stop-motion animation. I hope it's a lot better than this version of it. I'm also betting that Guillermo del Toro's version of Pinocchio will be darker because it won't be the Disney version of the story. I mean, I don't really see that movie being perfect as well. Like, I'm good when it comes to Pinocchio. I really watched this movie because it had Tom Hanks in it, and Hanks just wasn't enough to save this movie. My recommendation is after watching this movie, you watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because that movie shows you just how good Robert Zemeckis was at the height of his power. Nothing about that movie should work, yet at the end of the day, that is a perfect, perfect movie. And what a great Bob Hoskins performance. I mean, how did that guy not get an Oscar 
Oscar nomination for that role. Like I said earlier in the podcast, that is the best mix of live action and animation ever done on screen. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I highly recommend you go back and watch the work of actor George Clooney. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the career of actress Julianne Moore and the movies Thor, Love and Thunder, and the horror film Barbarian. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.